sauce, pass, 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 pass the poutine. This is the poutine. Fries, cheese curds, and chicken gravy. This is the poutine. Hi everyone, it's your host Nina from Pass the Poutine Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, a returning guest, Gavin of DIU Pod, back on the podcast. Hey Gavin, what's up? Hey Nina, I love how you introduce me as a very special guest because it seems, you're that, it so seems that you say that to everyone. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird that you say that. Um, I do say that to everybody, but that doesn't mean that everyone is like less special than anyone else. All right, all right, all right. I'll let that slide. <laughs> How's it going, Nina? How have you been doing? So, I mean, I'm sure all the listeners, unless you post this episode like six months down the road when coronavirus is in the future, I'm pretty sure you know the people. <laughs> all know about the craziness which is going on um so right for the li- now, yeah for the I listeners i will upload this it when we finish recording <laughs> my god that is going to be some expert editing right there um but uh, okay in a couple days in a couple days <laughs> <laughs> i mean you did say i was a special guest so that's the special treatment getting this getting this you're episode very, out quick you're you're very special yeah <laughs> You alluded that I'm three hours ahead of you, living in Toronto now, but like you don't even have to watch the news to know about the coronavirus. It's it's somehow gonna slither its way into into your your mind. And I mean, this past month when did we talk last? Must have been like a month or two ago? Feb February probably like over yeah, yeah, like a like a month and a half, I think. And how times have changed. We were it oh my gosh, so back, crazy. I'm just thinking back at how those were the the peaceful days, you know? And <laughs> and here we are in in our war zone basically uh, of of this of this crumbling society we're living in. Crazy. A crumbling globe. It's not even just Canada. This is happening all over the world. Like I I, I miss the days when we were like talking shit about being like dumb way gooks in korea i know and you know, and like and then we were talking about how we were like so depressed like coming back and it was so hard to find work and now we're like oh my god nothing as bad as this has happened in the last like 100 years yeah. like literally since the last like spanish flu this is what a is whole going new on level. and a part of me is like approaching this as a movie I feel like we're in a movie. Mm-hmm. We're in we're mm-hmm. in a a climactic finish of the movie. This is like the final scene of a movie where people are, you know, dying. People are shut in their homes. <laughs> people are. Um, They're being policed by other people. Yes. Uh, so this. The, the time we are in now versus two months ago when we recorded our podcast, the world has just been flipped upside down. I just want to hear about what the situation is like in Vancouver uh, because I can talk about what's happening here in Toronto, but I think it'd be good to see how how things are on, on your end of the of the of the country in my end of the country great great um yeah so in Vancouver so they recently announced yesterday that they closed all the provincial parks in BC. I don't know. Have they done that in Ontario? I don't know about the parks, but I don't think people are still going to them. Uh, in in terms of like 
I can speak of the regular parks, not the provincial parks. Um, mm-hmm. peop- you're still allowed to like go out for walks and stuff, but in certain areas, it's getting really strict. How even if you stop, like you can go for a walk around the park, but even if you stop, mm-hmm. um, someone might, like a bylaw officer or something, might come and stop you and tell you to keep walking. Because one of my colleagues there, mm. she told me that they stopped their son for stretching in the park. Just stretching. Uh, like, you had to keep... Oh, really? Yeah, you had to keep going, walking. You either move or, you know, get out of there. So, even oh if you gosh. stopped, like, text on your phone, um, stop to stretch. Like, like they're probably getting ready for a jog. They're just stretching. And then some mm-hmm. bylaw officers told them to keep moving. Uh, so... I know in some parts of Ontario, that's happening. That's crazy. Okay, well, all I can say is uh, Vancouver is the opposite of that. (laughs) People are out, they're running, they're chilling, the parks are still full. Like, it's, it's kind of hilarious, like... I think it's I think it's also like um, a stereotype about b- people from BC and people from Ontario. Like Ontario kind of has that brand that you guys are like a lot more like down to business, strict, get it done. And the people in BC are like, yeah, whatever, man. Like we're just gonna chill. And I and it sounds like that has been the case here. I don't <laughs> think people here take take it very seriously. Um, when I go out, like when I go grocery shopping, uh, everything's full people are out um i actually do go on like walks and i still like i've been to stanley park like last week like a couple days ago actually just to go for a walk and because for me personally i'm the type of person where like when the weather's nice like i need to go outside otherwise i go crazy and you know like finally we get the sun and then they like are restricting everything so when i went to stanley park a couple days ago it was like full like the parking lots were full like everything was full. There were people everywhere. Like it was like a normal day. So um, for me personally, it just seems very like nothing really. It's not really big here. And I think a lot of people in BC are like chilling because we have quote unquote like less cases. But I think that's also because we are testing like a lot less, right? I think you guys are testing like around four to 5,000 people a day, whereas people in BC, we're testing like maybe 1,000. I'm going to be honest. I'm not following too much on the specific numbers because it seems like every time I check in on the numbers, I get a mini heart attack. But <laughs> but going back to your point, um, it's not that people in, in Toronto, like we like the sun. We like the good weather too. People are still going out. It's just, it seems like it's being... Um, policed or enforced on a on another level, because like don't get oh, me definitely. wrong, if it's if it's a nice yeah. day, people are still going out. Um, even even the park in my neighborhood, there's still people walking their dogs. Um, I see some like families playing in the soccer field. Not that the soccer nets are up, like they're just kicking a ball around, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. people are are trying their best to do the whole social distancing thing by staying mm. like six feet away but people are still going out it's it's not like um you know we're not like in a china stage of lockdown where you're you're basically enforced to stay at home um mm-hmm. but it's probably not as packing or popping as as in vancouver as just based on what you're <laughs> describing 
<laughs> I mean, people are on like they're riding their bikes. They're they're riding their kid behind their bike. Like it's like a normal spring in Vancouver. So for me personally, everything seems like kind of business as usual. The only weird thing is like having someone have like a protective plastic shield when I'm trying to pay, the but also they're wearing a protective mask. Yeah, at the supermarket, and then. Like I can't hear anything they're saying. So when they talk to me, they literally have to take the mask off anyway, right? Like lift up their plastic shield and then go around the other shield and like yell out how much it is. So I'm just like, this this kind of seems like counterproductive. Um, yeah. yeah. But you know, you know, I was thinking, I was like, it would be a great time to be a teenager right now because you don't have school. Mm-hmm. And when you're a teenager, the only kind of real job you can have is being a cashier anyway. So imagine you don't have to go to school and you're allowed to work full time and you're considered a hero. <laughs> it is the best time to be a teenager right now. I'm like so mad I'm oh not 15. I, I, like, you know? I like that approach of thinking. <laughs> I have a friend who works at Starbucks and uh, she works at a Starbucks within a grocery store and she gets something called I fuck you not hero pay what what is that hero pay so it's two dollars extra an hour because she's like working in these times they call it hero pay like that's hilarious i mean not to like i mean i mean we need we need y'all right y'all are essential workers right we need that americano i need that nitro cold brew (laughs) and they're getting i don't know the two extra dollars is supposed to it's supposed to incentivize you to to work during you know these times and possibly catch a life threatening virus. So I mean, <laughs> we can call it a hero pay, but we we it's don't know really it like superhero pay. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Martyr. Really They're martyrs. They're martyrs. Come Mar- on, martyr. <laughs> They're delivering. They they, the they should be um. <laughs> After after they're done, like I don't know, maybe a month of work, they should be given like the veteran like license plate <laughs> for their car. <laughs> We're serving for the country. Oh, oh my god. god. Uh, anyway, because um, you said mm-hmm. the shelves were were full. Um, people weren't going crazy in Ontario, in Toronto at least. Um, in the initial heydays, I'd say you know March, not initial, like like. Last month or so, when when Canada sort of seemed to be getting their shit together, like end of March, uh, mid March, you could see like if you go to any Walmart, you would have seen the toilet paper aisles empty, all the uh, the hygiene products that stuff's empty, the uh, the canned foods that stuff was going away. So we were seeing an extent of of that uh, panic buying. I was wondering how that's like in Vancouver. Oh, yeah, we got a lot of Asians in BC. <laughs> and you know, Asians like I don't know if you know, but like Asians are very like um survival instinct type people. Always right? I think more than always maybe. Uh, right? They're always running like if you go like anywhere in Asia, like even in like first world countries in Asia, people still have that survival mindset. Right. They're not that relaxed. Right. They're like, I got to do this. They're always stressed. So, yeah, we did have a lot of that panic buying. Like it was literally so hard for me to find toilet paper and I still didn't find toilet paper. And uh, yeah, luckily, I have some friends that have toilet paper that have generously given me some rolls Um, to this day. I still cannot find toilet paper. Yeah, it's it's a real issue. 
I don't know why people. I don't know why people need to panic by toilet paper. Like I genuinely don't understand. And you know the funny thing is, like I have no idea. And it's and it's not even that essential. Like in terms of like, if you don't have it, you can like clean yourself in other ways. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. Like people in Vietnam, they have like bum guns or like whatever, right? So for me, I'm just like, why? Why is everyone rushing towards toilet paper? But yeah, so that was happening. I did go to a grocery store where the can section was completely empty. Like it was just like the only people in the aisles were people taking photos of the aisle <laughs> when exactly. I was in that can That's section. That's the new aisle. Instagram. Just, yeah, 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 right. That's the new hotspot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're cool if you're like at the grocery store and you're like, look, I can't even buy my favorite Chef Boyardee. Like, (laughs) that's that's the thing. So, yeah. But I think uh, other than that, things have been pretty stocked. Like, I mean, I started eating canned fish just to try it out. Not really my thing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But yeah. Eating it more out of necessity or or trial? I'm... I'm, Curiosity. uh, Yeah, trial. Like, I'm, I'm preparing myself for like... A famine that might come up, you know. What if what if the government declares all our currency like useless? Stuff like that. I wanted to ask you, how is it in Toronto? Like people here aren't really accepting like cash anymore. And right. you know, everything is by card because germs. <laughs> yeah, I think for the most part, people are opting for the uh the wireless tap, you know, the on the on the credit yeah. card. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I've never even tried paying cash. Uh I think a lot of drive-throughs, they're they just completely cut out the cash. Um, I never yeah. tried. I, I I never tried taking out my wallet and and paying at a supermarket or anything. But I think the general consensus is tap is preferred. I don't know how enforced that is, but I would say most people are are not using cash just because mm-hmm. to to lessen the the chance of germ spreading. Right. Which is, yeah, like, I mean, cash is pretty dirty. I get it. What I have been noticing is, like, I think fast food stores are making bank right now. Oh, like, I've never seen a drive through Yeah, I've never seen a drive through empty. Like, like there's a... I live by a Burger King, and, like, no one ever goes there. And I think it's, like, a drug laundering front, because I just don't know how they've stayed <laughs> in business this long. And when I drive by now, the, the drive through is full. I'm like, what? It's crazy. And then I drove by, like, a Dairy Queen... And there was like a, it was crazy. There was like 20 cars in line for ice cream. It was insane. So I think fast food places are making a killing right now. Uh, Yeah, the economy is really, really weird. Like, I don't get it. We had to think of this quarantine, this whole self-isolation thing. And not in a sense where we're like tribal or deprived, but in a sense, this is like Canada, 21st century. This is the the epitome of first world problems where if we're going to be trapped at home, I better get my Big Mac before I'm, I'm closing the door. You know what I'm saying? So, right, so right. I see I... like even, yeah, the McDonald's near my place drive through is always going to have cars. Um, but I mean, a large part of it is because we're so spoiled, I guess, by having so many dining options on a normal, on a normal day, mm-hmm. you know, now that, all the restaurants, they've stopped doing dining, uh, in-house dining. People need to get their food uh, through delivery or through drive-thru. So I'm, I'm not surprised fast food is seeing... I mean, I don't know how much of a boom they're seeing because at the end of the day, they're still losing customers. But 
from what we see on the drive-thru side. Do you think so? I think so. Do you so, think they're losing customers? Half, half of the... Like, let's let's think of um fast food people who use it. Uh, let's say, like, people who go to McDonald's. I'd say a good portion would be old people who just chill there in the morning or, like, high school kids after school or something. Uh while yes, <laughs> yep. the the adult population who who have cars and they can drive or they can order delivery or whatever, they'll still be getting the food. I think at the end of the day, the the overall number is still going to be lowered based on just the amount of people who's willing to to either drive out there or to pay. Mm, interesting. Okay. But it is it does look like the drive throughs are popping because that's the only avenue of getting fast food. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of like one of the few options we have for food, like in general, unless you are making food, in which case, Gavin, have you been cooking? So my girlfriend's been staying with me and she's been cooking like everything. She bought she bought over <laughs> a 10 it. kilo bag of flour and it's just making like <laughs> bread, making making handmade noodles, we're eating pizzas. Oh. It's Damn. It's crazy. It's crazy. You eating good. I mean, you eating good. I'm eating good. I'm eating good. I'm not gonna say I'm not, but that's just the uh, <laughs> the aftermath of the quarantine. Uh, another aspect, though. <laughs> another another good living thing. I I, I don't want to say it's it's a positive, but for people who I know a lot of people have been laid off, but for people who still have work and can mm-hmm. work from home, I'm not talking about the heroes. Who are who are serving up the <laughs> the drinks? Who are at supermarkets? Get them hero pays. Yeah, I'm not talking <laughs> yeah. about those. God bless, God bless those heroes. <laughs> I'm talking about the the white collared workers who who spend their desk in front of a computer, uh, who spend their days in front of a computer, who can now spend their days in front of a a computer from the comfort of their own home. I'm talking <laughs> about this work from home life. Now, now, now that's, that's a true hero of of this outcome. <laughs> this is what I mean when we say this coronavirus is is the twenty first century first world problems of of quarantining. Yeah, no, it's uh, have you? Do you like it? Because the way you described it, it sounds like you're kind of really into it. Uh, for me personally, like I, we're we're both very lucky. We have jobs where we can work from home, and uh, I'm not gonna lie. I low key like sometimes wish I could be laid off, so I can get that uh, Canadian Emergency Response Benefit money because <laughs> it's pretty much what I get paid when I work anyway. Uh, I don't make a lot of money, is what I'm saying. But um, you know what? I was thinking about it. There's no way I could get the CERB. You know why? We haven't. We don't qualify. For well, we don't. Qual- no, no, no. See, the thing is, like, if we get laid off, we will be qualified for it. Um, but the thing is, like, I think we work in similar fields in that, like, you work at a nonprofit, right? right. Yeah. I work at a nonprofit funded by the government. Right. So it, it literally makes no sense for them to lay us off because we would be on that government money anyway. And we're already on that government money. Absolutely. You, so, you, get, you feel me? So they you might feel as what I'm well saying? make us work while. <laughs> exactly. While <we're laughs> exactly. Even if we're money. like working like, 
Yeah, even if we're working like one hour or two hours a day, we're still on that government tax money because we're at a nonprofit. Um, so I'm like, oh, this means I'll never be laid off <laughs> like, <laughs> until my contract ends. You're making me think now. Oh, man. I will say this. Um, like a lot of people who have been laid off, it, it is unfortunate. Uh, so I don't want to make light of that. But at the same time, you ra- you raise up some good points, Nina. You raise up some good points about about cheating the system and how they're and how the government's <laughs> trying to cheat us back now. But to the be government fair, knows. The government, they, they yeah, know, they know, they know, <laughs> they know, they know, they know. They're not dumb. But to be fair, I'm 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 really enjoying working at home, especially because my commute would have been an hour one way. So now mm. I'm just saving a lot of gas money as well, and. Um, right. And a lot more free time. A lot more free time. I think this whole coronavirus thing and the whole work from home culture is is really going to have lasting impacts on the um, hopefully soon post-corona life. Because a lot of people and a lot of companies now are equipping themselves or in the process of equipping themselves so that they have the technology, the computers to work from home so that everyone can work from home. I think when this is all said and done, and when you and I, we go back into the office or whoever still have job, whoever's working from home, they go back to the office. They're going to realize and uh, everyone who's been working at home is going to realize that, wait a minute, my company has the capabilities to actually make us work from home. Why the hell am I working in the office? So I think we're going to see exactly. we're gonna see a, a shift in the post-coronavirus working environment. I, that you know what it's so funny before this whole c word thing happened uh i have a bi-monthly meeting at our head office for where i work and i actually live in the suburbs so it takes me like an hour sometimes over an hour to get to that head office when we have our bi-monthly meetings with everyone on my team and our last in-person meeting we had uh, they asked for my input because i'm fairly new at this company i've only been here for like now it's been like four months, but at the time it was like less than three months. And they're like, so what do you think about our bi-monthly meetings? And I literally said, I think these meetings can be done through Skype. That's what I said at the, at the in-person meeting. And then little did I know that would have been our last meeting before this thing hit. Because <laughs> then after that, we've been having Zoom meetings, meetings on Microsoft Teams. And it's like, yeah, this could have been this way the whole time. Like I wouldn't have to drive like an hour one way plus gas and parking to have an in-person meeting that can be done online right so i agree with that but i don't know i i feel like the thing is i think what people don't understand is that how the economy works and i'm not an economist i'm not a business person but part of how we keep the economy going is that we need people to have jobs right absolutely and absolutely. sometimes that means Right. And sometimes that means that some people's jobs are to make sure other people are doing something. Yes. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so I think part of the reason we have those meetings in person is like just to give us something to do, to give someone a job, to give us something to do. Yeah. It, it's called I think it's called job creation. So I don't know how, like, the thing with having meetings online and make, and streamlining things, in a sense, is that when you streamline things and you make them more efficient, you're going to need less people to do it, right? And the smarter the person you have to do it, you're really going to need less people to do it, right? And I think part of, 
how Canada and probably other countries run their economy is like you need to kind of have not very smart people, but then you have 10 of them to do like the task that maybe like two people can do if they're smart. But then when you have two people, two smart people doing it, you're having eight people not working. Right. So, so I, this is like, I I don't know for the lowest common denominator, which probably make up a large chunk of the workforce. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, My point with the whole working at home thing was the, the people who are working from home now who didn't think it was possible to even work from home prior to this outbreak they're they're gonna see that wait a minute we've been working working at home for you know two months three months however long this this uh quarantine lasts and first of all no one's gonna have the motivation to work at i mean if they're all thinking like me because i'm i'm living life i'm living life large some people don't get me wrong (laughs) some people they live off that office culture socializing with their yeah. colleagues uh the whole the whole right. um, routine and that's not you <laughs> <laughs> and that's not you <laughs> and you're like and then there's people like me <laughs> and then there's people like me who i'm assuming is the majority of course i could be completely wrong but <laughs> mm-hmm. if you if you get if you ask the from the perspective of younger millennial workers who are going to be the future of the workforce uh that and you know mm-hmm. what's what's under us gen x uh, Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z. Um, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna be more. I think they're gonna be more lean towards working from home because these are people who are oh, raised totally. in front of the computer screens. Yeah, they know what's up. It's gonna be the boomers who want to go yeah. back to the office. Let's let's just keep it real. <laughs> I mean, word. Like, I I'm not mad that I like can get out of bed, take like five steps. And then turn on my laptop and I'm at work, you know, like, like, I don't, I don't have to do anything. Like, it's great. But yeah, it, it, it will be interesting, like getting back into the flow of things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. For me, working from home, like, besides like saving time on gas and parking and getting ready and stuff like that. Uh, I do find it. I do find that the days feel very long working from home. I don't know if you feel that way. It is longer. Yeah, because we're. In a sense, whether or not you're doing the same amount of activities, we're, I feel like we're doing less things. So the least things you do, the longer the day is, right? You know, it's, it's normal. If, you're, if you have a busy day, it's going to seem like it's, a, it's over quickly. But if you're literally rolling out of bed and then going to your computer, uh, you know, in, in the office life, you know, probably half or 75% of your day is just mindless bullshit. Talking to your colleagues, reading Reddit, on Facebook, <laughs> uh, twiddling your thumbs. Yeah, but it's just here that we're home. Yeah, it's the same twenty five percent of work which is being done. Maybe more, maybe a bit more. I'll give, <laughs> I'll give us, I'll give us more credit. But it's still, yeah, there's still like 50, 50 plus percent of the time just on Facebook. Still, it's just now we don't have to look over mm-hmm. our shoulders because no one's behind us. That's that. That's the. Yeah, that's, that's the difference. True. That's what makes the day seem longer. I think the amount of work which gets done. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's it's more. I think it's more productive working at home, because you do spend less energy driving. Like I'm, I'm tired from driving an hour, for example, um, or just doing other stuff. But 
in terms of how the day is longer, I do agree with that. But it's because we have, I feel like there's more free time. So maybe that just means I'm not using my day to its full potential. But <laughs> Nina, let's be real. If, if we spent 100% of the working day working, we would get a, like we would a get everything worth of done. work done in a day, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes like, back, we, and it goes we can't back be doing that. <laughs> it goes back to how the economy, you need people with jobs. If we're, you and I, working very efficiently, we'd be firing like 10 other people. That's not how the economy rolls, right? You and I, as, as non-expert economists, mm-hmm. we, can, we can kind of agree on on that we need the, the lowest common <laughs> as denominator. As non-economists. As non-economists. <laughs> yeah. We need to do that. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm, you know, yeah. and I'm talking, I'm talking mad shit, of course, like, because I'm not saying no, I'm a super efficient worker. we're talking shit because we're bored. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying totally, I'm a super yeah. efficient worker. I'm probably, I'm probably what you call like a, <laughs> a just getting by worker, but I do I like it. Yeah. Very modest. We do what we can mm-hmm. to, to keep to keep money in our pockets, but also let's let's be real. It's we're making we're we're doing well. We're working in nonprofit, but we're making someone else rich. Is what I, I want to say. If we're working in for profit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But but we're good people, and we work in nonprofits, right, Gavin? <laughs> well, you know, my paycheck doesn't reflect reflect the hero the hero pay, so. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, I wanted to ask, um, do you guys do that 7pm cheer for the medical workers in Toronto? Do you know what that is? Or is that a BC thing? The fuck? What? Oh, you you guys don't do it? Okay, okay. I wanted to ask, so... What is it? So, I think for the past, like, month, at 7pm, everyone at... In my neighborhood, it's not that popular, but some some people do it. But if you like look up videos of downtown Vancouver at 7 p.m., people who live in like apartments, they get out on their balconies and they all start like hitting their pots and pans and screaming. Um, And it's it's called our 7 p.m. cheer where we appreciate the medical and emergency workers during this tough time. And I was wondering if it was like a thing like all over Canada, but based on your reaction, I guess I've never heard of anything like that. Um, I, I agree. It's it's cool that they're giving props to the medical workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never heard of that in, in Toronto. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Would you want to participate in that? I, I, I mean, I think at 7 p.m. I would hear like fireworks and I'm like, why is this happening? And then after like a week, I was like, oh, like this is a thing that's happening uh, for me personally. Like. Uh, people do whatever they want but i saw this one video in downtown vancouver where they had like a line of police cars i think they had at least like 30 police cars right back to back with the sirens on during 7 p.m like and then people were just like yeah yeah thank you and then when you look at the sirens and other police cars line up it looks like military right because like when do you see 50 police cars like lined up right? right and then my favorite thing was like a comment on reddit that was like wow 7 p.m cheer is quickly turning to 7 p.m curfew because <laughs> like <laughs> as much as we want to be like wow that's so great it's when we think about it like it's it's so crazy that like that we even have to cheer that this is happening. The other thing is that I've noticed my my brother likes to go on motorcycle rides and you know, the sun is finally out, right? His motorcycle has been trapped in the garage for the last couple months, right? He wants to take it out for a ride and people go motorcycle 
writing, usually going like groups or something. And he was telling me yesterday or two days ago when he was going out for a ride, him and his friends, I think it was like six or seven of them were in a parking lot of a gas station. And then the gas station attendant comes out. It's just like some young guy like doesn't care. Right. And he's just like, oh, you guys have to like leave because a man inside is complaining that you guys aren't social distancing. So, yeah. So it's just like there's people policing other people. And so that's what I don't really like. Like, uh, if you've listened to my episode with my brother called Quarantine Enough is Enough, uh, you know where I get my conspiracy theories from. And (laughs) I really don't like that our freedoms are being restricted. I get that um, we're trying to, what is it? What did they, what did they say? Flatten the curve? Flatten the curve. Or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that is what they say. I get it. But for me, it's like, yeah, if you want to stay home and you don't want to get the virus and blah, 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 like, cool, do you, right? But I think if you're going to be outside, you have to know that you might catch the virus. Like, that's a very real possibility. And you have to accept that. And if you're unwilling to accept that, then you got to call your friends. You got to call somebody to deliver things to your house, right? I really don't like that our our freedoms are being restricted and people are policing other people and how they should live their lives. Like, for me, I'm very against that kind of thing. So that's what I really don't like. And then, I don't know if you've seen the video of the doctor surgeon general in the States, and he's teaching people how to make a mask from a t-shirt. Yeah. Have you seen that video? Yeah. This is the, the new trend. Okay. This is the new Dude. This is the new <laughs> mason jar trend for for all the hipsters out there. <laughs> oh, my, oh my god. So, like when we watch it, we're just like, what the fuck are we watching? He's folding like a piece of fabric like a couple times and then putting like elastics on it and being like, "Oh, look a mask, right?" But when you actually look deeper into it, we're living in very like scary dystopian times when the doctor governor general or doctor surgeon general is teaching us how to make makeshift medical equipment. Yeah. Like when you actually think about it, we're, it's really we're living in Mad up. Max. We're, we're, <laughs> great movie, right? So good. Um, but I was going to say we're living in Black Mirror. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, right? This is like, why... What is happening? This is what I was saying earlier when I felt like we were living in, in a movie. And this was like... Totally. This was like it. Because... Mm-hmm. I would say before the whole working from home, self-quarantining thing, the days leading up to it, even rolling up to a Walmart, seeing the empty shelves, uh, seeing the malls shut down from one day, tons of people. Next day, immediately, state of emergency. Stores are putting their shutters down. Uh, Just seeing how the world is shutting down it really felt surreal. Um, and to have it happen to us, uh, it ma- it really makes me, it made me feel like I was a character in a movie. Just, yes, it's scary, but it's also like, kind of exciting to see like, oh shit, what's going to happen next? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, you're talking to the right person because I also kind of think it's a little bit exciting, but I know this is a very fucked up point of view to have. Uh, but it, it we're living in literally like crazy times like nothing like this has ever happened uh, people who are I don't know 60 years old have even said themselves like I've never seen anything like this uh, it's so funny like um, playgrounds are like being taped up yeah 
crime and, scenes. They're looking and, like crime scenes. Like yellow <laughs> police. Scene. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's so funny. My younger brother went for a ride uh, up in this one like suburban area, a little bit outside of Vancouver, Coquitlam, for anyone who's listening. And if you go straight up, that's when you hit like the bougie neighborhood where all the houses are like mansions and everything's nice. And guess what? Rich kids' playgrounds ain't taped up. Just saying, this was yesterday. So it's just like, poor kids, y'all can't play because y'all dirty and y'all going to get the virus. Rich kids, we know you good. We're not going to tape up your playgrounds. So the thing is, like, people think, like, oh, we're taking precautions and we're saving people, blah, blah, blah. But rich people get treated differently, (laughs) you know? Like, why aren't the rich kids' playgrounds being taped up, right? Like, that's fucked. Right. So, I mean, people don't really notice these things. No one's talking about it. But I mean, if you just go out and you look around, it's different. Right. Poor people are like, everything's scary. Stay home. And and the sad thing is, like, the poor people, the lower class, they're typically less educated. So they don't think about these things either. And they're very, like, easily susceptible to, like, fear mongering and stuff like that. Right. Whereas, like, rich people, like... They they kind of know what's up and they're just like, yeah, we don't need to tape up our playground because our kids need to play. Right. So I don't know. Like, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's weird. Well, it's like, a, point, I, I think. I'll, mm-hmm. Well, to that point, like even looking at on Instagram or anything, all of these all of these like celebrities who are being quarantined, they're they're still <laughs> living their best life. We're seeing we're seeing yeah. like. Like I'm at least I'm seeing all these NBA players who don't have work now. Who yeah, their job is to doing? play basketball. Their job is to throw a ball in a hoop, right. and they make millions of dollars. Yeah. And they're living their best right. life in a quarantine. These, like, it's just the whole difference between like the rich person who's having a good time. They're quarantined in their mansion mm-hmm. versus like a poor family who. You know who doesn't even have toilet paper? Yeah, yo, donate some toilet paper to me. Whoever's listening, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of weird. Speaking of like differences in class, you told me you watched the movie The Platform just now. Yes, <laughs> literally yes. just before we started recording. Nina, Nina texted me to watch this movie. <laughs> I'm like, looks interesting. Looks interesting. You know, it, you said you told me had some parasite slash snow piercer vibes, and I'm like. I fuck with that. Totally. I fuck with that. So then yeah, uh, I was just that? watching. I was just watching the platform, uh, literally before we started recording the show. On yeah, you Nina's texted me. You're like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm that's done watching. We can record for, now. <laughs> that's why I was a bit late for the podcast. So I apologize. I apologize for that. Uh, no, no worries, no worries. But I wanted to know what you thought about it because I kind of went into it not really knowing much about it. My younger brother recommended it to me. He's I kind of get all my recommendations from him now. He he knows what's up. But um, I after I watched it, I immediately got like, you know, Parasite and Snowpiercer vibes. What did you think about it? Well, um, do you think we should should we talk about the plot or, or spoil it? To the, what, what are your... It's it's your show. Whoever's listening, uh, stop right the now. podcast, watch uh, the platform, and then come back because I'm going to spoil everything. I don't care. <laughs> All right. So we're going to give you five seconds. Pause the podcast right now. If you don't have Netflix, um, get Netflix because what, what are you doing? What are you doing right now <laughs> besides watching Netflix? Come on, get real. <laughs> okay. And then unpause. We're back. All right. <laughs> 
Yes, we're back. <laughs> so first of all, oh my God. um, we're not going to talk about. Now we don't have to talk about a plot or anything. We're just going to jump right into it. Um, let's jump right I, into it. Let's just jump right into it. I thought the plot had the whole like uh, story of the of the movie has a lot of similarities to to our present day in terms of how we're just mm. talking about modern toilet paper. Mod- that's right. That's right. <laughs> if that platform had had two hundred rolls of toilet, toilet paper? paper coming down. By by oh. four fifty, there would be no, there would be none left. <laughs> Dude, okay. Let's first of all let's talk. So the platform is a movie about because I know people are gonna listen and they're not gonna watch the yeah, platform. Yeah, so yeah. whatever, we're not gonna do, do it um, like that. We're, we're gonna explain. <laughs> it. Yeah. So there's a there's a hun- there's hundreds of floors in this tower. Just envision right. a tower. On okay, each floor, yes. there's two prisoners, I guess, or people living there. Their roommates. Yeah. In yeah. the middle of the floor is a is a hole, like a mm-hmm. like a square shaped hole, and every day, a magical platform. There's because it's not Descends. an elevator. It's not an elevator. It's magic. It's it's oh that, yeah. It's, it's magic. Magnet. It's magic. Mag- yeah. A magical platform. The, the, there's no levers. Nothing. Yeah. It just descends somehow. It's some sort of like ancient Mayan like power. Magnetic. Yeah. Magnetics. <laughs> Not now important. you're speaking my language, yeah. But this, but this fairly large table starts from the first floor, full of food, and it, and then it it stops on the first floor. The those two people who are randomly chosen every month, the people rotate. Those two people on the first floor, they gotta eat whatever they want for like I don't know what a few minutes. It's not really clear. Yeah, probably. Let's yeah. like a few minutes, and then it goes down to the next floor. And if you keep food on the floor, the the room's gonna heat up or cold, so you, or get cold, so you die. So you can't you can't keep food on your floor. You can't save it for later. Yeah, you, you can't like um, take a piece of cake and like leave it. Yeah. So you you can only eat during the time the table the platform is on your floor, and then the people exactly. on the second floor they get to eat what's left over. Third floor they get to eat what's left over after the, the first two floors, and so on and so on. So by the time you get to like the fiftieth floor, it's gonna be empty. I think I think that's pretty much the plot, right? Did I? Did we? Did we? Yeah, no, that was great. That was great. Our protagonist is a guy who willingly goes into the platform, um, and because he wants to get his diploma, is that what it is? Some some stupid shit. And he wants to quit smoking. He he goes there willingly. That's the point. (laughs) Yeah, he goes there willingly, and then he he meets his roommate, who is this like wise old man. Um, and yeah, it's just him trying to like understand the intricacies of the system and what it is. Uh, did you notice that the main guy, his name is Goreng, which yeah. means fried in like Malaysian? I did not Indonesian? know that. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah. Well, well, like, you know, nasi goreng. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Fried. Nasi means rice. Goreng means fried. Nasi goreng means fried rice. Um, so I was like, why is his name like fried? I don't know. Like, um, and then I looked it up and they did that intentionally because the old man who he's paired with in the beginning, what is his name? Like Tremis, Tree something, which means thank you in. Yeah, there's me too. Yeah. What is his name? His name means thank you in, uh, Malaysian slash Indonesian. 
So I'm like, oh, what is like? I still I still don't really get the meaning behind that. But the one thing I noticed about the movie was like it was such a it, it it's okay. The movie is like the opposite of subtle. Right? Like, you know, a lot of movies you have, like, metaphors and stuff. This movie is the opposite of subtle. Like, when you see the food go, like, when the main guy, Goran, gets the the plate of food for the first time, he's like, what what's this? And blah, blah, blah. And the other guy's like, just eat. And after he eats it, he, like, drinks. And then he literally spits at the table. Yes. When it goes down. And he's like, we don't talk to people down there. Blah, blah, blah. Like, they're animals. And I was like, this is, this is... I don't even know how you describe it. It's just like a blatant exaggeration of societal classes. Yeah, well, think of it like this. If, if you're watching Parasite, you know, people can spend hours, days thinking of the intricacies. Oh, what does the basement mean? What does the... Uh... What does the the cellar mean? You know, what does the uh, right? What does the the ramen udon mean? What is... I don't know, right? Right, right. But this is <laughs> yeah. like a a kid could watch it. A kid can watch it and be like, "That's pretty <laughs> fucked up." Yeah, yeah. And then when you get the woman from the administration, aka like the government, or I guess she comes in and she's like trying to tell people like, "Hey, save food for the." people at the bottom they can eat more and like no one ever listens yeah. right and no one listens until gorang is like i'm gonna shit in your food if you don't listen to me until forces take and it. so until so people... it seems like only when people are threatened that's right will they be willing to i guess share or take some sort of like altruistic actions what do you think of the the girl who every month would ride the platform down to try to find her her kid Son, yeah, um, that was really weird. I don't, I don't know. I think she's someone who, do you believe what the girl from the administration said? How, like, she doesn't have a kid and she's just crazy, like she's an actress? Right. Because I kind of buy that, I kind of buy the that line because when, you know, spoiler alert, when they do find a kid on the last floor, that kid's a girl, it's not a boy. Yep. Right. And how could she not know what gender her kid is? Right. So I think she was just a crazy girl that's like lost it. Um, The thing about the girl going from each the main girl who goes from the main girl, whatever, uh, when she goes down to each floor, what you notice is like she literally cannot um, like every floor she goes down. She's scared for her life of like either being raped or killed. Right. And I don't know if that's like place there intentionally to kind of symbolize like what it's like to be a woman in society because guys they can go down and they'll mostly be in danger of like being killed but for women it's like being raped Mm -hmm. i don't know did did you like yeah what did you think about that (laughs) i think that mixed with her kind of psycho persona Mm -hmm. it, it sort of it sort of goes back to how like you need to defend yourself in this world because the administration, yeah. so to say, isn't going to help you. Because the, the tower is, yeah. is the metaphor for society, right? Uh, she's willingly right. choosing to go down. Um, so then, in that sense, even like no one's going to protect you if you go down. Sure, if you stay on your mm-hmm. own level, you assume no one's going to fuck with you. Uh, because right. unless people come down, like they come down and kill you, but... Most people aren't going to do that because they they're they're too comfortable on their afraid? own. Afraid? Uh, okay. Afraid? Yeah, afraid of going down. Comfortable? Like, let's say, 
like when when the main character was on you know on on the higher levels like 33 or 6 or whatever uh it would have been crazy to think he went down of course when he he did eventually go down but that's cuz he had this whole like uh societal breaking experience or like his his whole like um when he his broke whole mindset changed yeah he he got woke he got woke he but got woke. it's it's so funny cuz like he got woke when he got woke and i think this happens to people in real life as well when you actually break out of the image that society is the way that you know they teach you in schools and what you see and that the world is actually a really scary and fucked up place your mind breaks right because unless you have people telling you and teaching you about these kind of things you live under the assumption that life is rainbows and butterflies right and yeah, I don't know. When when he finally breaks and he goes down, it just gets more and more dangerous. It, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like when Neo, you know, takes the red pill mm-hmm. and he sees society for what it is. It and his I think it like his coworker in the Matrix was like, you know, if I could go back, I would take the blue pill. Right? Like like sometimes right. knowing or being woke isn't isn't always the best thing cuz it's really really depressing out there. And I think, yeah, and I think, it's better, um, I guess. So. That has a lot. Just like bring it back to real life in terms of the world we live in now. We're seeing, we're starting to see how coronavirus doesn't care about class, or you know, I, I mean, we talked about earlier about how like rich people they still do whatever the fuck they want, but let's be honest, yeah. rich people can still get the virus. Uh, you know, there's countless celebrities, athletes, um, famous people who who were tested positive. Um, sure, they might get more help, but we're starting to see how this this virus is sort of um, an equalizer, and that's sort of non-discriminatory. Like non-discriminatory, <laughs> and that's kind of like um, when when the two characters went down the the platform, seeing. Mm-hmm each level lower and lower and lower and how the living conditions were. Um, it's kind of like that in terms of the coronavirus being an equalizer. People are, I guess, in in the real world, at least in Canada, people are sort of starting to band together. Um, but then there are going to be people who don't want to go with the message, which, uh, you know, for, for, for our world, it's going to be flatten the curve, stay indoors, social isolation, self distance, social distancing, whatever. Um, but then there are going to be those few people who choose not to do that. And of course, it's, it's a free world. They can do that. But they do know they're kind of fucking it over for everyone. And that's kind of like the people in the movie who, um, who are actively choosing to eat, uh, eat more food and not give people below them the rations. So then in that sense, you know, it might be a bit of a stretch, but then I can kind of see there is that similarity in in our world and the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for saying that, uh, Gavin. Yeah, it, it was uh, when they were going down the first couple floors and they're like, no, you guys just eat a little bit. Like, it's not even like the Gorang and the other guy he went down the hole with. Um, they weren't even like, you can't eat. They were like, well, no, I think they were. They were At first they were up, like, right? yeah, For the you first 50 eat. floors, they couldn't Yeah, they're... Yeah, for the first 54s, they were like, you guys 
like eat so much it's fine like you can live one day and they're like no because we are on floor three we can eat we're afforded all of this food because yeah. we are better than those whoever people down there yeah so yeah i don't know but I, that's I also like a metaphor because really... like you're they're literally random they're gassed every month and they wake up the next day in the start of the month on a new bed on a random floor and that's mm-hmm. just to show like you're born who you're born to is completely random. So, mm. so like the, the social standings of like, deep. of like, if you're born to a rich family, that's like being, you know, yeah. placed on the first floor versus a poor totally. family. Uh, of course, placed on floor 200. Yeah. 200. Of course, like they change floors every <laughs> month, which in real life is a bit more harder to jump, uh, social classes, yeah. but this, totally. the, the meaning still stands. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I didn't think about that when you said like when they wake up, like they're kind of, you don't get to pick what floor you uh, you get you get to live on for a month. And yeah, that, the same thing applies in real life, right? Like we were both born in Canada, but we never got to pick that, right? And we're very, very, very lucky that we happen to be born here and raised here with all the cultures um, here. So, and then you think about people who live in poorer countries that, you know, they never get to pick where they're born and stuff like that man this is really depressing (laughs) (laughs) holy shit i I will say this about the movie though it was a lot more gory i didn't i didn't even think it'd be gory at all i'd be like all right this looks like a cool sci-fi yeah i should have told you you... people being decapitated Mm. cannibalism i mean yeah it'd be cool of watching that people being shot on literally go ahead and watch this movie yeah (laughs) <laughs> Did, were you eating when you were watching it no no okay good good because uh yeah do not recommend do not eat when you're watching that movie holy shit but, but it does uh, make oh think. Uh, and, and the and last that's thing what I, I really like about it yeah yeah let, the, just one last thing like there ended up being 333 floors and uh, with two inmates per floor yes which equals 666 Ooh. So I'm like, was this whole thing just like a symbolism of hell? Interesting. Right? And then one thing I read online. Yeah. And then one thing I read online was like the girl that they send up was actually like the devil or something. I don't know. Because like, there's no way she could be alive. Right. Like there's for so some reason, she's right? a al- Yeah. Yeah. Not conspiracy and, theories. The one like, thing like I don't fan like. Theories. What am I saying? <laughs> fan theories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here's theories, another theory. Here's yeah. another theory, um, which could... I don't know if someone wrote this or not, but I literally just mm-hmm. watched the movie um, now. But the the girl who was going down every the mom going down every month the psycho the psycho yep. lady Miharu could she have been bringing food to her every month because she knew she was on the bottom? Like I, I yeah I don't know I don't know because like yeah I did um, there was someone wrote something like. She could have been bringing food to her every month at the bottom and then, like, staying with her, right? And then every month when they reset, then she would be somewhere else and she doesn't know where her daughter is, right? So we don't know if the daughter... But the thing is, like, I feel like the daughter, the girl has to be at the bottom floor because the person from the administration said that they don't allow yeah, anyone so, under like, 16. Even, even when they first saw her, she was hiding under the bed. Right, 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 right. So yeah. maybe the administration, they don't even know there's a kid in there. Mm-hmm. Like a kid got lost into the system and yeah. left behind. 
Yeah. Right? And maybe that. And then the mom would go down every month and find her and they'd, I don't know, they'd stay, they'd stay down there for the month with whatever food they have. Yeah. I don't know. Crazy. (laughs) Whenever I watch a movie like this, I want to spend like hours just on Wikipedia and and watching YouTube videos. Oh, you can totally do that. They're so open ended. They're so open ended. It just ends with the girl riding the the platform back up. Yeah. Exactly. She's the message. I still want to figure out what, like, the panacotta means. Like, I know it's the message, but, like, I wonder if it symbolizes something, like, in Spain that it doesn't symbolize, like, you know, in Canada. Yeah. Like, so they chose yeah, that right? dessert like, to to bring it back up to the messengers on the chefs, I guess, as, like, a message. Yeah. Like, a, fuck you. We don't need... We, we, we don't... We beat your system. This, this delicious dessert remained untouched after 333 mm-hmm. levels. Um... I think it was just the message of saying how, like, you're right. I don't know if there's any, like, Spanish or whatever um, connotations. But on a more general level, it was like this this dish could remain untouched through hell, literally hell, and come back mm-hmm. um, as sort of like a giant middle finger to the system or the chefs, I guess, who make the food. Right. Um, I think they also mentioned that's not going to do like anything. Like the administration's not going to care, but they're still trying to do yeah. it. It's just like seem kind know. of pointless to me too. Yeah, and it's weird because like when you look at the chefs cooking, like they spend so much time and there's so much attention to detail. It seems like they really care about the food they're putting out, right? So maybe the administration doesn't even know where the food is going, right? They don't even know the conditions that these people are living in. Yeah, maybe they right? just think they, it's for like one right? guest. Or like, you know, right. like 10 people or something. Or like a party. Yeah, like a party of 10 or something. Because they even show like how meticulous they are with making the food. And then you even have that one scene where like, I guess the, the head chef is like screaming at the chefs because there's one piece of hair in something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You would not think like people would care so much to feed essentially like the vagrants of society, you know, the leftovers. Right, yeah. they would get mad over one piece of hair. So maybe they don't even know where the food is going or who it's going to. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's kind the of weird. The movie is very cog, like, open-ended. You know? The chefs are just like yeah, another cog yeah, yeah. In, this, in the whole mechanism of society. Um, and it seemed like even the administrative lady, who ended up in in the tower, she didn't really know what was happening until she actually. Yeah, got she in had no there. idea. So then. Mm. Um, I guess it's also a metaphor like the people outside of the system like people can't it's it's harder to see the full picture of the world than it is you know if you're if you're from the outside you don't know what the poor people are going to be going through and so on yeah and like the when the the lady from the administration actually went in she had no idea it was going to be like that and when she found out guess what she committed suicide in the end right like she couldn't handle it like, that's how tough it is when your image of something is so different from what it really is. Your mind, I think, breaks, right? Or splits. And then you, mm-hmm. you just can't handle it. So, crazy movie. I can't believe you watched it. Thank you. Thank you for watching it so we can talk about this, Gavin. <laughs> oh, no, I love, yeah. I love these movies. I love these movies. It, it's Really? It's hey. really like, um not like the gory part, but like. Just the whole Black mm-hmm. Mirror kind of genre, Black Mirror kind of vibe. Totally. Dystopian future shit. Because we're living, you know, maybe 20 years from now, 
there's gonna be a, a movie about a virus, and then it's gonna be coronavirus. You know, it's it's gonna be like how did people <laughs> survive? You know, uh, th- instead of people cannibalizing each other, it'll be people fighting over toilet paper. People fighting over you know, people South fighting Park. over the Wi-Fi. <laughs> South Park did an episode on that, like about a pandemic or something, and it was like people buying toilet paper excessively and hand sanitizer. It was like the same thing. So, I don't know. Yeah, coronavirus movie. We're, we're living I don't in. Doubt it. We're living in that dystopian society now. And Ugh, I don't like us, it. For us, we're kind of on the higher level. If this was, if this was the platform, we'd be on the higher levels. You know. What number would we be on if this was the platform? I think Canada's still pretty. Maybe, you know, Canada's a pretty well-off country. I think we'd we'd be in the top ten. Top, yeah, I would say top ten. I, I was so. gonna say six. I don't know why. Yeah, that's a good number. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, five. Right. Some countries are still yeah. better off than us, so but a lot more are yeah. worse off than us, and we we exactly. honestly don't really know about situations in those poorer countries. Like, like I think. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember which country, which like African country or something, like their their coronavirus rates were were like zero reported cases, but that's because they don't even have testing kits. They don't test, yeah. Right. So so for us to even imagine the living conditions like that, or or even imagine how shitty it must have been in like Italy, of course like we could see there on social media, we can, on the news, we can see what they're going through, but to actually live through what mm-hmm what they've had to endure just being locked down just mm-hmm. being um for like actively forced to stay in their home whereas we we can just go to the supermarket whenever we want we can we can still go to take a stroll in the park um canada mm-hmm. for now has it pretty mm-hmm. good yeah no i agree definitely we're really lucky um yeah and like right now we're looking at how bad things are but there are a lot of countries that aren't even testing and i heard right now in mexico it's really bad but they don't have test kits right so it could be like much worse than italy even we don't know right so yeah no we're super super lucky super lucky people gavin oh my god we're so spoiled how did this happen (laughs) (laughs) oh man to to try to lighten things up it's just more like oh a, yeah. What, what are the what are the quarantine? What is your quarantine life kind of entailing? What are the essentials? Um, we're speaking about the first world problems, which is us staying home. How have you been keeping sane, basically? Oh, Gavin. Oh man. So um, okay. Number one, I haven't been keeping sane. <laughs> I have just been <laughs> driving deeper and deeper into my own depression. Uh, oh, I think I'm like I'm. I'm like, I'm starting to have dreams. Like, I'm starting to be unable to differentiate my dreams from reality and vice versa. Like, I'll wake up and I'll be like, I swore that my friend Skyped me. And then, like, I found out he had a podcast. And then when I looked it up, I was like, wow, that was a weird dream. Like, I don't know. Like, it's (laughs) like, I haven't been able, like, I've been basically going insane uh, the only thing I've been reconciling with this is like I have been going on walks every day. So my brother from Ontario actually came to hang out because his work closed down because it's non-essential. Who knew doing nails was non-essential? So weird. <laughs> so he's been hanging out. We've been go- hanging out, going for walks, 
um, stuff like that. But yeah, to be to be honest with you, I've I think you're dealing with work at home a lot better than me. I'm I'm going insane. I'm I don't know what reality is anymore. <laughs> Damn. How about you? Are yeah. you what what are you what are you doing? Honestly, it's a lot of video games and uh, TV. <laughs> to be honest, I think um the whole coronavirus thing though has kind of lessened my my eagerness to to do things like like podcasting because even yes. just talking with you about coronavirus uh seeing news about coronavirus hearing other people talk about coronavirus um that's literally the only thing which is <laughs> i don't want to say worth talking about but yeah it's it's the only thing it's the only thing to talk about to talk about that's right and i don't want to have 16 weeks of podcasts about the coronavirus first of all i'm not gonna have enough shit to talk about and secondly Mm -hmm. it's it's a bummer it's a bummer so Mm -hmm. it's sort of a creative drain i think um a lot of people yeah yeah absolutely some people are doing creative things while being in quarantine and that's always interesting to see uh but at the end of the day there there really isn't anything new to talk about it's uh, I, I get we should try to stay positive, especially while we're all trapped in our homes. But for for someone who does like a podcast about current affairs, if the only current affair is <laughs> coronavirus for the next sixteen weeks, um, yeah, that's gonna be tough. that's not a good <laughs> that's not a good formula for a show. You're gonna have to change a show to like Netflix TV show reviews or something like. <laughs> that's what you're gonna have to do like literally there's nothing to talk about i totally agree one thing i think you i recommend is that you should watch tiger king it is such a great have you have you seen the trailer for it you know what i'm talking about everyone has been talking about tiger king like the the quarantine starter pack is tiger king animal crossing and Mm -hmm. and baking that's the that's the big three basic bitch quarantine starter pack <laughs> and everyone has wrong. done one of the three everyone has done at yeah. least one of the three so yeah yeah pick your poison mm-hmm. uh i haven't watched tiger king yet i don't know everyone's telling me to watch it so you gotta so maybe watch i'll succumb to the peer pressure because what is life what else can you this is this is this coronavirus you gotta watch is, it is literally um making people conform to like societal standards, you know, um, like take mm-hmm. China for example, that's a that's a very far end of the spectrum. But but China, the people in China followed the government. Uh, they stayed their ass home. They're presumably on the come up of getting better. Presumably, so we if we were to believe their stats, let's just for the for the sake of the show, we believe their stats. <laughs> they're presumably yeah. on the come up. It's because they're a they're a country with an iron, you know, an iron fist, right? Mm-hmm. So then we juxtapose that to Canada. And I know earlier you said, you know, you, you hate it with this kind of big brother mentality, like this sort of like oh, keeping yeah. an eye on people. But I will say for yeah for a situation like this, uh, that might be like having that community mindset could could be the solution to getting us out of this quicker. And that's that's what the whole flatten the curve thing is about. So, so then, to bring this back to my point, it's a long-winded explanation. 
a long wind a long winded setup. Um, people About how you are don't want to watch Tiger King. <laughs> In okay. one of three ways, and yeah. that's watching watching Tiger King playing Animal Crossing yep. or, or baking. That's the- mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I do two of those three things, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I I mean Tiger. I mean Tiger King. I feel like is a must. I feel like everyone needs to watch it. People have been calling it Redneck Game of Thrones. Like I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I respect the compliment to tiger king <laughs> it is just great like it's it's like a combination of true crime and game of thrones right like <laughs> what is better it's amazing i you you got to watch okay. it honestly okay. like okay. it is it is the best it might have been the best thing to come out in like the last 10 years i don't know as i was saying a lot but it's phenomenal and not only that after you watch it then you can spend all day laughing about tiger king memes on instagram yeah that's right i'm, <laughs> like, I'm out of the loop now right i'm out of the loop i'm like what you the gotta fuck am you I gotta watch yeah the memes are so funny they're so good the but, memes yeah, are all we have i don't know the memes are all we have in, in the quarantine days because <laughs> every meme is about one of the three things i just mentioned the basic bitch quarantine starter pack and yeah. If I don't understand a third of the world's memes, then I might as well I might as well just be in actual isolation. So you know exactly. I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna yeah. Try as someone who respects culture and society, you owe it to yourself and those around you to watch Tiger King. <laughs> I have no comeback. You're you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, Gavin. Thank you so much for uh, for being on my podcast today. No problem. Um, I, I mean, I'd like to say I set, I set, you know, a lot of time aside for the schedule. But let's be honest, I've there, there's not much going on, so anytime, you know. <laughs> no, like I agree with what you said earlier when you said like you know because of this whole c word thing, like it's been a creative drain and there's been a lack of motivation. And you know, you're absolutely right. I haven't posted a podcast episode in like almost three weeks, and I. Don't think I was gonna post one this week, um, so I'm kind of I'm glad we're doing this because I will edit this and this will go up. It might not have a description because I might just get lazy and just post the episode up as is. Typing out uh, a description knows? is hard work, man, and and I get Dude, you. It is a lot of work. Cre- it's a lot of work. The creative drain is real, cause it's it's fucking real. Cause like, what's the point of life when we can't do life? You know what I mean. It's like we're all right. living we're all living in this hollow shell of um mm-hmm. this allegory of the cave, you know what I'm saying? Trying to throw in some Plato's cave. Throw in some Plato here cuz look <laughs> look outside your window now. You'll see an empty street. Is that is that tree yeah. outside on your street really a tree or is it the shadow being casted off in the sun? That's what I'm exactly. saying. Exactly. And I ask myself that every day. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Allegory of the cave, life quarantined in in home. Same thing. Same same. Same same. Same same. No different. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Gavin. Thank you so much. Uh, where can people find you? People can find me at DIU Podcast. That's literally D I U Daily Issued Uncovered. D I U Pod dot com. D-I-U-P-O-D dot com. We got the Facebook, 
Twitter. That's all DIU Podcast. Uh, and basically, that's a show about daily issues uncovered. We talk about mad shit. My co-hosts and I, we each bring in a, an issue which we discovered and, and try to convince the other person it's an issue. Of course, the biggest issue now is that there's no other issues except coronavirus. So I'd say that's a pretty, pretty big fucking issue. I love it. That's so meta. You should talk about how that's an issue. That's the biggest issue. On it's, your show. It's killing just, the show. That's that's yeah. the biggest issue. It's not just killing people, which <laughs> which yes, it's it's a big killing people, it's a big issue. But killing mm-hmm. killing podcast, that's that's a heinous crime. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Well, thank you, Gavin, for being my pod. This will be my first episode I upload in like who knows how long. People are wondering if I died. I mean, can you die when you're already dead? Who knows, right? <laughs> but yeah, I'll catch everyone on the next episode. Bye. Pass the poutine. Pass the poutine.